This call is provided as a courtesy to congressional representatives, tribal, state, and local government officials, including levy sponsors and emergency managers, as well as the media. My name is Paco Ham, and I will be your moderator for today. Uh, please note this call is recorded and placed on the Defense Video and Imagery Distribution Service for media reuse. Um, and we will have a link that will be sent out. Your participation acknowledges your consent to be recorded. All lines have been placed on mute. To unmute your line, to ask a question, press star six. Then force mute function does not work on all phones. So if, if I ask, please use your phone's own mute function. Do not place on hold. We will have a question and answer session at the end of the call. And the agenda for today is as follows. The NOAA National Center for Environmental Information will have a presentation first, followed by the National Weather Service Missouri Basin River Forecast Center, which will provide an update of river stages, river forecasts, and weather forecasts. And then lastly, we will have a presentation from the Missouri River Water Management Division, which will provide an update of inflows, reservoir storage, and release plans. We will have a uh, question and answer session afterwards. And so we hope that uh, if you have any questions, we'll, we will be able to answer them for you. And John, I think we can go ahead and start the presentation. So if Noah is available now. There you go. Yep, that's me. Um, I'm okay. Doug Pluck. <laughs> I do work for NOAA, National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. And uh, like I have last few years, uh, I'm going to give you a brief rundown of uh, this situation, sort of antecedent conditions, as well as what's coming up in the future. So let's go ahead and go to the next slide. Just keep going down. There you go. So uh, looking back at 20, 2023, last year. Uh, this is the entire year sort of averaged together and summed up and compared to normal. So on the left, you'll see temperatures. On the right, you'll see uh, precipitation. Um, departure from normal temperatures for the entire year last year, January to, to the end of December, uh, showed that we had some uh, general warmth over much of the region, warmer than normal, but some uh, cooler than normal temperatures overall uh in wyoming and uh, portions of colorado <clears throat> but overall for the re for the for the basin uh we were slightly warmer than normal which adds to evaporation and uh evapotranspiration so in other words we uh were able to evaporate more water likely over that period of time um percent of normal precipitation is uh, uh up there on the right so what percent did we have well, let's all remember back a couple of things that happened last year was the front range um, and uh, some of the mountains actually got quite a bit of precipitation during the spring. In fact, they were the only ones that got precipitation during the spring in our basin. And you can see uh, western parts of, uh, of the basin, including eastern Colorado, Panhandle, Nebraska, Wyoming by far. Wyoming was sort of the bullseye. And then portions of... Um, of Montana, wherever you see green, especially purple and blue, those were quite a bit above normal in terms of precipitation on an annual basis. Lower basin, it was the opposite story, and as well as sort of the northernmost portions of the basin. So, nor lower basin, very dry, 
uh, for the most part. In fact, some places um, getting less than 70% of normal. So, and you can see in Missouri and in portions of Iowa, Nebraska, uh, Eastern Kansas all had that issue. Next slide. Now, just looking back the last 90 days, so back to, uh, say, the middle of uh, October, um, again, temperature on the left, and that is departure from normal temperature. So we were quite warm. We had a very warm fall into early winter, okay? Uh, believe it or not, uh, especially in places like Minnesota, which I know aren't really part of the basin, but uh, even in North Dakota uh, that we're, we're looking at, uh, uh, somewhere around six to eight degrees above normal in terms of temperature, but by and large, very warm when you average out again temperatures over that period. In terms of precipitation on the right, the percent of normal, uh, we had some really, <clears throat> really big uh, uh, systems go through. Now, this isn't the wettest time of year, so you could argue it's not that hard to get really high numbers here, but um, in a couple of places, 300% or more of normal. Uh, little little points there, but a large areas of over 150% of normal across the mid basin and portions of the south, uh, southern basin as well, uh, lower basin, I should say, uh, but not as wide a coverage down there. So it helped, but it's not the end of the story in terms of drought. Upper basin, far upper basin, uh, kind of kind of hit and miss in terms of wetness and dryness. You can see where there's red and, and sort of brown and yellow. That's below normal. And green splotches is where uh, we record above. Green to blue or purple above normal for the last 90 days. So um, sort of varying numbers, if you will, uh, going into uh, coming into now. So next slide. Let's look at uh, mountain snowpack for the most part. I know it's very hard to see those little teeny numbers in there. I, I could have blown that up. I don't know why I didn't. But anyway, that sort of oval area there is more indicative of the Missouri Basin uh, feeder feeder streams and ba uh, sub-basins, if you will. That's the area we watch to see if the Missouri uh, Basin is going to have a, a large snowpack in the mountains and such. And really, um, we see everywhere from 12 to 82 percent of normal. Lacking in snow is the basic uh, idea here. And, and you can blame El Nino for, for some of that uh, signal. Um, that's common, especially in the northern Rockies, uh, to see dryness sort of develop during, uh, during winter, especially in the snowpack, right? That may change over the next week or so. We're seeing a series of, of storms come in, but um, it may, it's probably not enough total um, to get us back on track at this point. Next slide. Uh, I'm sure the other folks are gonna show this, so I'll be brief. That's Plains snowpack for the most part. Uh, the Southern part, say from the middle of South Dakota down to Kansas City, we're seeing a little bit above normal in terms of snowpack right now. That's all probably lower basin runoff stuff. Uh, upper basin, well below normal in terms of snowpack for this time of year. Obviously, we have at least a couple months uh, more uh, that, that is potential to build on this or, or um, add to this, if you will. Um, so uh, it's not the end of the world. It's early in January. So uh, plain snowpack is below normal for the upper portion of the basin and a little bit above for the lower part of the basin. Next slide. Um, it's always important to point out soil moisture. Uh, I did a couple of different things here. Uh, there are a couple of different models. So nothing's perfect when it comes to soil moisture. 
uh, because it's not measured everywhere like we do precipitation and temperature. Thus, we come up with these modeled uh, uh, extrapolations. In, but, but for the most part, if you're looking at the surface moisture uh, in the basin, you see that there is some wetness across Kansas, central Kansas and such, um, but also some dryness in, in Missouri. But as you go sort of north, really nothing uh, outstanding there in terms of um, being above or below normal in terms of soil moisture. Um, there is some lingering on the right, the, the, the map on the right, my map on the right does show some lingering dryness and you're gonna see that on the drought monitor in a few minutes uh, across uh, the lower basin. There's, there's still quite a bit of dryness there. It's gonna take some time. Snow by itself often isn't enough you can have a couple of feet of snow, but when you translate it, that into water, that actually percolates down into the soil at depth, um, often doesn't amount to that much. Um, it really depends on the, uh, it de depends on obviously how wet that, that snowpack is. It also depends on if the ground is frozen and if it allows any moisture to trickle down through it. Um, what we really need are snow, uh, uh, heavier rains and such. All right, next slide. Um, now we're getting to the outlook portion uh, of the talk here. Um, so we're in a dry time of year for most of us in the plains, lower elevations. Not true necessarily in the mountains, but um, this is what it looks like for the next seven days, just seven days. And if you add all the precipitation that can ha happen according to the models over that next seven days, this is what you get. Uh, you do see some. Let's talk about the mountains first. You do see some indication of wetness in the mountains, but nothing extraordinary or super high out there. They'll get some, um, but 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 not the kind of values we'd like them to see. Uh, we'd like to see more red, if you will, which indicates two, three, four inches of actual water in the snow that that accumulates up there. So I'm not impressed with this. Uh, in the plains, uh, as you move kind of east into the plains, you see a Few areas like eastern Nebraska, uh, western Iowa, portions of Missouri, and a little bit here and there where some snow is going to fall. And, and if you're, you know, if you're going to get six inches or eight inches or ten inches of snow, it's a big deal. I get it, but in terms of overall precipitation, um, not that much uh, over the next seven days. So next slide. This is looking at not this next seven days, but the next seven days after that. So we call it days eight to 14. Uh, temperature outlook on the left, uh, precipitation on the right, and really quickly, uh, below normal temperatures for the most part are predicted across the region. Um, I would say the most anomalous cold or, or most severe cold in terms of normal will be in the lower basin. And then on precipitation wise, looks like near normal for the most part, for, for the entire basin uh, in terms of precipitation. Next slide. Um, there's the January through March, temperature on the left, precipitation uh, on the right, outlook. Uh, we're looking for continuing above normal probabilities for temperature across uh, obviously the Northwest part of the US into Montana, and then across uh, the Dakotas in, in, in Minnesota. Um, and then south of that area, sort of near, uh, equal chances of above near normal or below, and a funny kind of gray area there where we just think um, pretty close to normal 
is going to happen when you average those three months together and come up and look at the temperature. Precipitation wise, there's a slight, uh, both slight wet signal through Colorado into Nebraska, Kansas. It's a slight leaning towards wetness in that area, which is a, it, I'll talk about that in a bit, and dryness across the north and northwest part of the basin. Uh, so um, continuing, if you will, sort of dryness in the Montana area and the in the northern Rockies, and potentially uh, a slight leaning towards wetter in, in Colorado. Both of these maps, by the way, indicate are sort of strongly linked to a typical El Nino scenario. El Nino, and again, El Nino in, in, a, in a nutshell, is when the water is warmer in the Eastern Pacific Equatorial area, um, what happens to our weather up here, uh, it is affected uh, often. And what we're seeing over the next few days when it gets bitterly cold um, is sort of a transitory thing. We, we think it'll get cold, and then kind of go back to, if you will, a pattern more like this. Uh, so we expect a couple cold air outbreaks over the winter. Uh, even during El Nino, it doesn't matter if it's El Nino or La Nina, you're gonna get them. But uh, they just don't last as long during an El Nino and they tend not to be as severe. However, this one looks pretty bad in terms of cold temperatures and record set. So just wanted to say that, next slide. Okay, so um, just looking at the drought status, and the important thing here, there's the drought monitor uh, as of yesterday, or as of this morning, sorry. Um, that shows you where the drought's worst or, or best in many places. Obviously, we have a little bit of uh, a drought in the lower basin, which we sort of mentioned earlier, and there's good reason for that. Um, really, if you can really focus in, and I know it's hard, uh, on the places I blocked in there in red, you can look a year ago compared to now, and you can see that we're uh, our current levels of drought are much much improved since last year at this uh, at this time, if you will. So the aerial coverage of let's say D D three to D four, which is really bad uh, drought, um, has decreased immensely. Uh, the coverage of D two to D four drought, that entire thing has de decreased immensely. And the coverage, of course, from the well, well, overall coverage from all the drought levels has decreased uh, uh, substantially during that time. That said, on the right, you have a drought outlook that goes uh, through the end of March. So by the end of March, um, these are some of the areas that uh, if the brown sort of describes where drought is now and is not projected to get much better. And then yellow is drought may develop in those areas. So you can see it, for the Missouri Basin, the pretty much the only yellow area is uh, the Northern Rockies. Uh, there's a yellow area there that may uh, impinge on the Missouri Basin a little bit. Um, otherwise kind of status quo uh, for drought, the drought situation. And, and often in the winter, drought does change slow, more slowly than it does in the summer for obvious reasons, I hope. Uh, next slide. So again, our ENSO condition is strong, a strong El Nino this year, slowly transitioning to a neutral one. We can talk more about that as the months go by. Um, plain snowpack is low, mainly, uh, mainly in the upper basin. Uh, mountain snowpack, uh, mainly well below normal. Short-term outlook is temperatures below normal. 
uh, precipitation chances uh, sort of near normal, if you will, over the next uh, seven to 14 days. And then long-term uh, increased chances of above normal temperatures in the northern part of the basin, especially in the northern west, uh, equal chances of uh, uh, above, below, and near normal precipitation for the rest of the area, or, or for temperature in the rest of the area. Precipitation mainly enhanced in Colorado, uh, slightly enhanced, let me change that a little bit, uh, in Colorado into the Central Plains, and below normal is slightly favored in the northern Rockies and north, northernmost states, which is an El Nino typical signature that we see. We have a webinar coming up in about a week, uh, actually exactly a week, um, that if you'd like to attend, it's for the north central part of the U.S. We'll talk more about these things in conditions. So anyway, thank you very much. And thanks to the Corps and others for being on and inviting us to talk. Thank you for that. Thank you for that presentation. We appreciate it. Now we're going to go to the National Weather Service. Good afternoon, everybody. My name is Kevin Lau. I work with the uh, National Weather Service River Forecast Center in uh, Kansas City. As Doug mentioned, uh, I wish to thank again the Corps for inviting NOAA to take part in this series of calls. Snowpack conditions in the mountains can be generally categorized as being uh, well below normal. By this point in the winter, we have accumulated about 50% of the seasonal peak snow water equivalent in the mountains. And so we still have uh, a little ways to go. So uh, a lot could still change as far as the mountain snowpack. Oh, and you can go to the next slide if you'd like to. Thank you. The uh, January water supply forecast developed by the National Weather Service were issued last week. And our January numbers would suggest that the April through September mountain runoff volume will be below normal. Moving now to the plains, we do have a fairly widespread and in some places uh, a rather healthy plains snowpack. Uh, several sites in South Dakota reporting in excess of one inch of uh, snow water equivalent. For the first time in about four years, the big story for the Missouri Basin as a whole is no longer the drought, as Doug has already alluded to. And again, that's not to say we don't have some areas uh, that are still in drought, but according to the latest drought monitor, as, as Doug said this morning, um, less than 20% of the uh, Missouri River Basin is now uh, classified as being in drought, and that compares to 63% of the basin being in drought one year ago. Soil moisture does vary across the basin, but the lower portion of the basin, as well as extreme northern Montana, appear in general to be the areas that have the greatest soil moisture deficits hanging on. So far this water year, we have experienced very little and then only minor flooding. In late October, we had a significant rainfall event over eastern Kansas and western Missouri. It dropped as much as eight inches in, 24, in a 24 hour period and over 14 inches over a period of about five days. But that October event resulted in only one tributary to the Meridacene River in eastern Kansas to exceed flood stage. And so that was back in late October. Then over Christmas, we had another event and it, it occurred in more or less the same area, eastern Kansas and western Missouri. Uh, this time it totaled about three inches of rain. And this Christmas, 
Christmas event resulted in two tributaries to the Osage River uh, rising above flood stage. So both of these events testify to the ability of the soil to absorb much of the precipitation. But they also remind us that flooding can and does occur within the Missouri Basin any time of the year. In late December as well, we had elevated stages along the lower North Platte River due to ice. Impacts, I believe, were localized and minor. The risk for ice jam related flooding continues for the remainder of the winter and early spring seasons. Looking ahead, our office issues 90 day river outlooks toward the end of each month. The most recent 90 day outlook was ran in late December and covers the three month period ending in late March. And the map that you see here on this slide depicts the result of that um, late December river outlook at the 400 plus locations that we monitor across the basin. Our most recent river outlook would indicate that the James River in South Dakota and a couple of the smaller tributaries within the state of Missouri uh, have a better than 50-50 chance of seeing minor flooding between now and the end of March. And those are the, the places you see in orange. Risk for flooding between now and late March is dependent upon the timing and location of any plain snowmelt, rain on snow events, and rain events. And again, this outlook that you see does not take into account river ice. As we near the end of this, uh, this three-month uh, period, which would be again late March, we have to begin thinking about thunderstorm activity, and that drives springtime flooding typically in the lower basin. The National Weather Service will be issuing its first official spring flood outlook on Thursday, February the 15th, and that will provide the first official National Weather Service quantification of flood potential for the spring uh, and early summer. Thank you, and this concludes uh, the National Weather Service flood potential brief. Thank you, Kevin. Appreciate it. Now we're going to go to uh john remus the missouri river water management division oh. thank you paco okay and also thanks uh to doug and to kevin for sharing those insights good afternoon everyone and thank you for joining us i am john remus chief of the missouri river basin water management division our office is responsible for regulating the missouri river mainstream reservoir system this is the first of our 20, uh, excuse me, this is the first of our 2024 monthly stakeholder calls. I will provide some general remarks and then I will turn the discussion over to my senior staff for more detailed information. As always, I want to assure everyone in the basin that the Corps remains fully committed to our flood, flood risk reduction mission, protecting people and businesses when we can from significant runoff events that pose a threat to human health and safety. Further, it is important to understand that the volume, timing, and location at which runoff enters the system significantly impacts the timing and amount of water released from the reservoirs. Each runoff season or flood event is unique. Care should be taken when comparing one event to another. We at the Corps of Engineers understand the importance of the Missouri River in providing water for irrigation, municipal, and industrial uses throughout the basin. We operate the system to meet the water supply requirements of the basin to the extent reasonably possible. There is presently and will be adequate water in the reservoirs 
in the river reaches between the reservoirs and below the system to serve all of the water supply needs. I want to remind everyone that the Corps of Engineers does not provide or guarantee access to the water. Maintaining access to the water is the individual facility owner operator's responsibility. Further, we will continue to meet our statutory obligations to operate the Missouri River Mainstream Reservoir System for its authorized purposes, as described in the Master Water Control Manual. We will also continue to comply with all laws and the provisions of the 2018 Biological Opinion. The final 2024, or excuse me, the final 2023-2024 annual operating plan was posted to our website last month. You can find a copy of the AOP on our website. Lastly, the runoff forecasts and projected reservoir releases and pool levels that uh, my staff will be discussing are based on the best available information. Actual conditions may be different. This concludes my opening remarks. Thank you very much. I will now turn the discussion over to Mike Swenson. Okay, thanks, John. Uh, yeah, Ryan Larson was unable to join us, so I'm going to cover his part. You can go to the next slide. The 2023 calendar year runoff estimation for the Missouri River Basin above Sioux City, Iowa was 30.4 million acre feet, 118% of average, which is the 34th wettest annual runoff for the upper basin in 126 years of record keeping. The 2024 calendar year runoff forecast, which is shown in red here for the upper Missouri River Basin above Sioux City, Iowa is 20.1 million acre feet, 78% of the average. Uh, you can move on to the next slide. The below average runoff forecast for 2024 reflects drier than normal soil moisture in the northern portions of the basin, below average mountain snowpack, and below average plain snowpack. As seen on this slide, we are expecting below average runoff during the high runoff periods of March through April, when the plains snowpack typically melts, and May through July, when the mountain snowpack typically melts. Uh, next slide. These graphics show the departure from normal snow water equivalent, or SWE. SWE is the amount of water contained in the snowpack that would be available for runoff or to replenish soil moisture when the snow melts. The December 24th graphic shows the lack of snowpack in the basin with almost the entire basin showing a deficit in the SWE, especially eastern, south, and North Dakota, <clears throat> where differences from normal range from minus 0.1 to minus 0.5 inches of SWE. Since December 24th, a couple of winter storms have tracked through the lower basin in South Dakota, while the January 9th graphic is showing 0.25 to about 0.5 inches greater than the normal SWE over portions of the basin. These areas tend to have less SWE during the winter, so the total SWE is still low. The northern portions of the basin where snow typically accumulates fell further behind the median with areas of a quarter to a half an inch of the normal SWE expanding. You can move on to the next slide. This graphic provides a status update on the Upper Missouri River Monitoring Network. As more stations were completed last year, there are now 170 of the 540 total sites completed and transmitting data. 
Each station is designed to measure meteorological <clears throat> excuse me, data, precipitation, snow depth, and soil moisture, and soil temperature at five different depths. Data provided by the stations help improve products such as the plain snow map shown on the previous slide, and they help inform our runoff forecast. Next slide. The mountain snowpack is accumulating at below average rates in both the above Fort Peck and Fort Peck to Garrison reaches. The mountain snowpack in the above Fort Peck reach is 49% of average, shown in the left graphic, and compared to the highest and lowest peak snowpack over the last 30 years, as well as the average snowpack for that reach. The mountain snowpack in the Fort Peck to Garrison reach is 60% of average, shown in the right graphic and also compared to the highest and lowest peak snowpack over the last 30 years, as well as the average for that reach. It is important to note that close to 50% of the typical accumulation period has elapsed. A majority of the mountain snowpack typically falls from January 1st to mid-April. In summary, the 2023 calendar year, excuse me, the 2024 calendar year runoff forecast is 20.1 million acre feet, 78% of average. I will now move on to talk about the reservoir studies. You can go to the next slide. Uh, actually, the next one after that. Uh, Gavin's point releases. Re Back one. Oh. There you go. Uh, Gavin's Point releases reached the winter rate of 13,000 CFS in early December. Releases were increased up to 15,000 CFS on Monday this week in anticipation of the cold weather, which has caused and will continue to cause extensive ice formation. Our current plan is to hold releases at 15,000 into next week and then reduce back to 13,000. That may change depending on weather and river conditions. Gavin's Point releases are expected to remain near 13,000 CFS through February, but will be adjusted as needed due to cold weather. Uh, at Garrison, Garrison releases were set at 16,000 CFS in December in anticipation of the river freezing over in the Bismarck, North Dakota area. The river stage typically rises several feet in a short period during the initial freeze-in, and that's likely to happen over the next several days. Once the river ice has stabilized, releases will be gradually increased, reaching 25,000 CFS in early February. That's downstream conditions permitting. Uh, moving on to the uh, system storage slide here. System storage is currently at 52.8 million acre-feet, 3.3 million acre-feet below the base of the annual flood control zone. Uh, Moving on to slide 23 here, and looking at the upper three reservoirs, Fort Peck and Oahe are currently 4.5 and 7.3 feet below the base of their respective flood control pools. Garrison is 0.8 feet above the base of its flood control pool. In January and February, releases will be adjusted so the reservoirs are better balanced with respect to the percentage of water in their carryover zone prior to the start of the runoff season. The reservoirs will start this year's runoff season approximately three to four feet below the base of their flood control pools. 
And now moving on to talk about the monthly simulations. The basic simulation uses the runoff forecast that I just discussed due to the amount of variability in precipitation and other hydrologic factors that can occur over the next several months. We also develop an upper and lower runoff that are then used in the upper and lower basic simulations. These simulations provide a range of reservoir elevations and releases that may be expected under the different runoff scenarios. The discussion to follow will focus on the basic or most likely runoff forecast. Information on the other runoff simulations is posted on our webpage. So now here on slide 24, uh, the service level is used to determine releases from Gavin's Point Dam to support navigation and in combination with the bank stabilization and navigation project to help provide downstream navigation channel. The navigation service level at the start of the navigation season is typically based on the March 15th. Can you go back one? Can you, can you go back? Sorry. There you go. The navigation service level at the start of the navigation season is typically based on the March 15th system storage. Under the basic simulation, we would be providing full service flow, excuse me, flow support at a level 500 TFS below full service for the first part of the navigation season. For that level of service on the basic simulation, Gavin's Point monthly average releases range from approximately 29,000 to 34,000. The service level for the remainder of the navigation season and the navigation season flow support length are based on the July 1st system storage. Under the basic forecast, flow support for navigation would be reduced to approximately 2,500 CFS below full service after the July 1st storage check there would be a normal eight-month navigation flow support season under the basic simulations. Uh, you can move on to the next slide now. The studies also include test flows from Fort Peck Dam. The test flows would assess the potential benefits of alternative management scenarios for the pallid surgeon. One of the criteria for running the test flows is for the reservoir to be above elevation 2227, which is two feet above the spillway crest. As shown on the earlier slide, Fort Peck is currently above elevation 2229. There will be two pulse periods with flow targets at Wolf Point, Montana. The target flows at Wolf Point will be similar to observed flows in some recent years. The water moved from Fort Peck would be captured in garrison. The releases from Gavin's Point are unaffected by this operation. And moving on to the next slide. Uh, energy generation at the main stem dams in 2023 was 7.9 billion kilowatt hours. The long-term average is 9.4. The forecast for 2024, again, under the basic simulation is 8.7 billion kilowatt hours. And then you can go to the next slide, which shows the Missouri River Basin weekly update, which is found on our website at the address shown at the top of the slide. This webpage gives a good general overview of the current conditions in the Missouri River Basin and is updated weekly, usually on Tuesday morning. That concludes uh, my comments. I'll guess, give it back to John, or do you want to go with Paco? Um, Paco, we can begin the uh, question and answer uh, session here, so why don't you take, take that over, please? Okay. 
Um, so we have a question and answer session here. We'll now field questions from congressional delegation members, tribes, state officials, local government. After we've completed questions for these stakeholders, we will move to the members of the press. Again, beginning with congressional, tribal, state, and local government officials, as well as emergency managers and levy sponsors, we will fill questions by state in alphabetical order. Remember to press star six to unmute your phone, and you may need to unmute from your computer screen if you've used the webinar to call in. Please be sure to state your name and the organization you represent before asking your question. Uh, we will move to, uh, so now we will begin. So we will start with Iowa. Any questions from Iowa? No questions from uh, Congressman Randy Feenstra's office. Thank you, sir. Any questions from Kansas? Kansas, uh, any questions from Missouri? No questions from Missouri. Okay, thank you, sir. Uh, any questions from Montana? Okay, any questions from Nebraska? All right, any questions from North Dakota? I'm from North Dakota. Thanks, sir. Any questions from South Dakota? And any questions from the great state of Wyoming? Okay, we'll move into round two. If there's any questions from the media, we're gonna go ahead and do it by state as well. So we'll start with uh, Iowa. Any, any media questions from Iowa? Kansas? Missouri? Okay, Montana, uh, Nebraska, North Dakota, South Dakota, and Wyoming. Oh, go ahead. This is, this is Jody at DRG Media Group and Pier. I'm just wondering, and if you covered it, uh, I had to step away for a little bit, so I apologize if this is repetitive. Uh, as far as the ice levels that you're seeing on the the upper part of the Missouri River, are you seeing any areas of concern yet, or has winter been mild enough that we aren't seeing issues with ice and ice jams just yet? Uh, thanks, Jody. This is John Remus. So we're not seeing anything that we uh, would consider out of the norm, out of the ordinary at this time. Good. The only thing is, it's a little bit later than normal. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Jody. Uh, that leaves us with Wyoming. Okay, no questions from Wyoming. Okay, that concludes this call. Uh, uh, second, uh, Paco, Paco. Yes. I got some closing remarks here. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, everyone, just a, a, again, just thank everyone for tuning in and another thank you to both Doug Cluck and uh, Kevin Lau for their uh, assistance on this. Uh, as we move through the winter and into the spring, I encourage everyone to monitor our website for the latest information on releases and pool levels. 
the slide that Baco is showing right now has our contact information, and uh, these slides will be posted to our website as well. Uh, I will offer one last chance for questions before ending the meeting, so we'll give people a little chance if there's a at-large question or people can get unmuted in time. Hearing nothing, I uh, thank everybody again, and uh, this will end the call. Our next call is scheduled for February 8th uh, at 1 o'clock. Thank you all. Have a good day. Stay warm. Thank you, John. We appreciate everyone's participation today. Thank you. Bye-bye.